Welcome to the podcast, The Human Way, with me, Kelly O'Dell. In this episode of the podcast, I'll be responding to an email that I got from one of my readers. It's about sensitive employees and whiny workplaces. I recently received a message from one of my readers who I will call Linda. And I'll give you a short description of Linda's message to me uh, and then some of my thoughts about it. Linda is a manager and she's dealing with some difficult employee issues. She said that some of her employees are acting like 12-year-olds. Linda explained that she has an employee, we'll call her Jill, who is very dependable, capable and intelligent, but who is also very sensitive. Jill takes it personally when someone else's response to her isn't as positive as she thinks it should be. And Jill felt dissed one morning when she delegated some work to an employee, we'll call her Corin, and she felt that the employee's response was just exasperation. Jill reported it to Linda and expects Linda to do something about it. So what should Linda do? Well, it's hard to say. The devil is in the detail. Is Jill Corin's boss or colleague? If she is Corin's manager, then Linda should probably not get too involved. Tell Jill to have a talk with Corin herself. Now, Linda can be a sounding board, but the responsibility is with Jill in her capacity as manager. But if Jill isn't Corin's boss, the question's a bit different. Is it part of their normal work process that Jill delivers work to Corin, or was this more of a one-off thing? Normally, colleagues can ask another colleague for help, but they can't really demand that they agree to help. The other person usually has a right to say no. If they say yes, but they say it with some exasperation, a truly sensitive person might pick up on that in a more positive way. Jill could say, Oh, do you have too much to do? Is there anything I can help you with? Unfortunately, I find that many sensitive people are often only sensitive in one direction. They're very alert to any negative vibes in their direction, but they don't give a hoot about negative effects on others. If Corin accepted the task and, and got it done well, then maybe Jill shouldn't worry too much about Corin letting off a little steam. I often warn people about having toes that are too long. Some people have such long toes that it's impossible not to step on them. But if the problem is bigger, if the working environment has become whiny and people are bitching and complaining all the time, then it may be necessary to spend some time discussing values, how we want to work and treat each other. In my book, The Human Way, I say that bitching and complaining is a necessary part of the creative process as long as we don't get stuck there. Meet and discuss why people feel so frustrated. Try to understand the underlying drivers of the dissatisfaction. Discuss what can be done about it, and don't let the discussion end up with someone somewhere better do something fast. Often that someone is management. 
look at what you can do in your group to redefine work processes or redistribute workload. It's okay to identify things that management need to address, but don't avoid the things that people can do for themselves. It's also good to remind ourselves that we don't have to like each other to be successful working together. Some studies would even indicate that too much liking can in fact be detrimental to productivity. We do, however, need to show each other respect, set up some ground rules about how we can talk to each other. I've never had any problems with tough discussions at work as long as they are about business. But as soon as someone goes over the line and starts being rude, condescending, and abusive, they need to be made aware of their bad behavior and reminded that this is not acceptable. I can have a bad or stupid idea, but I'm not a bad or stupid person. This is a fine line to walk, but it's an important one. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the podcast, The Human Way. I hope you'll join me again in the future.